Hello and welcome to episode nine of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, a review of round four and review of round five. This episode brought to you by the number six, surprisingly, the number of goals scored on a team that is not Minnesota. Uh, no, uh, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the wonderful subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. Um, and tonight, I'm joined by Jason Wiskovich, Blaine Riffle, and our very special guest host, Phil Luchford, Dallas and stats expert. Uh, I, I think he is unaccounted for if you've got some Tam or Gam lying around and you want to get him on your team. Uh, guys, how are you doing tonight? Hello, friends. I'm really well. Oh, woohoo. Yeah, uh, we were going to have Mike on with us tonight for his injury reports, but he has come down with, a, I guess, a bit of an injury or sickness himself, so we'll throw Mike on the injury report, and I'll be filling in for him. He did send me a list, so don't worry. You won't go without your injury report tonight. Uh, guys, round four, it was a short round. We got some uh, good conversation in last week uh, about previewing it. I, I don't know if there's really much to review, so let's just start with how'd your teams do? Yeah, my uh, got 82 points. Um stoked i went uh, around rank 438 so not too bad um went from like 536 to uh 212th overall um did a little split uh defense with obviously cropper and goal uh i had a switcheroo with um zizzo and lawrence so that worked out well did a manual there so i had a long tyranny and uh lawrence back um Stoked on the Merrim and win pickups. Uh, Valeria obviously uh, bit a lot of people um, this last week. Um, and then the front line of Ola, Kai, and uh, BWP and Captain Kai. So, yeah, pretty stoked. Happy with the 82. Moved up. All green nice. arrows. Nice. Blaine, how about you? Uh, 76 points this round. The best results so far for a single round for me this season. So, trying to climb back up the leaderboards a little bit. Still outside the top 1,500, though. Wasn't too upset with the with the team as a whole. I mean, didn't Captain Valeri, which always helps. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I got to be the lowest score of the group, seventy three. <laughs> uh, why am I even invited on this show anymore? Boo-hoo. The average was twenty six. <laughs> uh, but actually, that was enough to uh, move up overall. I'm in the top two hundred, so that's a good thing. Um, nice. This round, I, I did make the wrong goalkeeper choice with Cropper instead of Robles. Um, Zizo bit me. I didn't see that he wouldn't be starting. I didn't didn't uh, foresee that main, and then I made the wrong captain choice too with BWP. So those are my three big mistakes. See, so, you know, hindsight's twenty, but I, I can't fault any managers who made that decision this round because I mean, Cropper at his price is it doesn't even matter if he doesn't get a clean sheet. You're just getting him to move that money around. And had New York done anything offensively, it would have been fine because you would not have really cared if they got the clean sheet points with that, if they got a bunch of goals. That's what surprised us all, I have to say. Uh, I did pretty well. I, I was surprised at uh, the highest score for this week and everybody who did make triple digits. I thought that would not be uh, possible, but I didn't account for all the potential goals, really, that could be scored. I got 81 points this round, so uh, I, I thought it was a pretty strong finishing. I had a couple of mistakes, but I did also uh, not fall down that trap of captaining Valeria or WP, even though I had both of them on my team. So all green arrows for me, except for uh, one red arrow in a particularly um, hard head-to-head league that I'm in, so a challenging head-to-head league there, and I got a blue arrow for the host league. Uh, I'm still number one, writing that one out. Uh, great. Uh, guys, general impressions of this round by, or any fan takeaways. I know it was it was short, so I don't know if what we can really talk about. So uh, particularly, I want to talk about New England. That's where all the goals are coming about this time. They changed their formation a little bit. Um, Wynn dropped back to pure number 10 role to help take on that distribution. And it, it seemed to help. But is there a big just caveat on that game because of playing against Minnesota? What do you think? Well, I mean, Minnesota United has uh, given up a ton of goals, but New England actually looked really good. Uh, I thought this was Agadello's breakout game, and we've all been expecting a lot from him. And uh, I think yeah, this will really boost his confidence. We'll see a lot more from him in, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I think Phil hit it right there with Agadello. 
Uh, if he can keep up this form, uh, New England could be could do this in more games going forward. I know Minnesota is not a good team, but they look really good playing with Agadello up there. If he goes back to the same old, same old we've seen for a while and doesn't keep this up, that that was all Minnesota. Did anybody get frustrated with those 70th minute substitutions, taking Wynn and Kamara out when you could just want more points out of that? From a fantasy perspective, of course, but from a strategic perspective, I understand it. Um, I like to touch on Tierney. I mean, we all know Tierney yeah. the past couple of years as being, you know, uh, you know an offensive, um, an offensive-minded defensive wingback, and you know, I think he's he scored a total, uh, you know, prior to this game of two points. And you know, I know a lot of people weren't very on him just because of that low output, but matter of time until he started to do work and granted he had 12 points um you know six i believe five or six that came on a pk um that he should have given to aguadillo to get the hat trick but at the same time i'm not going to complain because it gave me 12 points on my fantasy team um but i think a lot of it came from uh, minnesota a lot of their players were out uh they were in new england um i mean even though minnesota put up two goals uh i still think a lot of I mean, a lot of those five goals were because of Minnesota. So next question is, we touched on, what's up with New York? Uh, Blaine, maybe you're the one to start out here. You have some hard feelings about New York. But um, what what's happened? Should they have scored more against RSL? Or is the new coach really, or just the coaching changeup, uh, really going to make that big of a difference for them? No, it, it's a typical New York funk. They start, they've started the fantasy seasons for us slow the last couple of years. I mean, every once in a while you'll get a good game from one of them, but they always seem to start off slow. And I'd put a lot of this back to trading Dax this year. They just kind of look a little lost in what bits I've seen them. And they just they don't look like the same team right now. I think the formation, too, is a big thing. The 4-2-2-2 doesn't suit most of those players with that formation. I mean, Clushton is not a wide player. Um I, granted, he didn't play last week, but I just don't think that it fits the style that they're doing. I mean, I remember when Arcel switched from the from the diamond to the four three three. It took almost two seasons for them to get anything going. So, but I mean, hey, give some credit to Arcel, though, guys. I mean, what you're here for. Yeah, right. <laughs> Their defense was stellar. Uh, Van Oakle was. I mean, he had probably. You know, save of the week, if not, you know, a top yeah, a a top one. three contender. Um, but I mean, obviously, I even expected, you know, uh, the Red Bulls to put up at least two goals. But hey, give credit where credits due. I mean, RSL played a defensive game and you know came out and did well. Even though RSL should have won, uh, I believe it was, I think Bofo or somebody hit the hit the post and came right back, hit the post again in like the 90th minute. Um, but you know, hey, I'll, I'll take a point on the road. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought this would be a multi-goal win for the Red Bulls. That's why I captained uh, BWP. Even without question, the, I thought that Royer would have a big game too. And yeah. So I originally had Robles in my lineup, and I swapped him out to get Royer because I thought that the Red Bulls would be really offensive and score two to three yeah. goals in this one. Um, so I was really disappointed at the, the lack of offense, even though you could kind of potentially see it coming with the like the formation and question being gone but still i thought that the uh, that rail saw lake was very impressive on defense uh van Ockel, definitely the standout in this game well another game that did have a lot of offense to it was columbus versus portland oh columbus came away the victor here even though it started out a little bit about like the mls cup a few years back with that early goal from portland but did they really miss having Guzman as that enforcer there in the back? I mean, they really only had a couple of, of key absences. Or is Columbus just firing on all on all cylinders right now? Yeah, so Guzman was a huge uh, absence for Portland. And you can see that Columbus's game plan was to hold the ball in midfield and uh, just dominate the possession. They had 65% possession in this game. And... And, and that's because uh, Guzman was gone. He, they didn't have anybody to win the ball back. You saw that Chira, uh, Diego Chira got a yellow, and then he should have had another one as well later on. And that's because that Portland midfield was getting overrun for the entire second half of the game. Jay, you want to give any credit to Columbus? 
Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that Guzman is a is a big part. I mean, him and Chara, it's kind of like um, uh, Dax and uh, Juninho. Like they're both. I mean, they're all very physical players. Um, they get in your face. You know, they're very aggressive. And I think that that you know, to to Columbus's credit, they played to the disadvantage of Portland. Um, I mean. Merrim looked great. I was pissed that they subbed him off in the really the 59th minute. Like, give me one more minute to get you know, <laughs> just give me one more minute, coach. But um, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, Iguain played lights that that you know over um, that that lob pass to Ola, and then that that just cheeky chip goal was just fantastic. I mean, I mean, uh, Gleason shouldn't have came his line like that, but it was it was a it was a game i think it was probably one of the best you know the best games of the uh well, obviously there's only three games but it was the best game this weekend and uh, a lot of firepower i and i fully expect columbus to uh um to to put up a lot of goals this weekend as well i, I think that they're in a good run of form right now all right yeah, well that's... yeah go ahead oh yeah i have i watched a kansas city fan and i know the disrupting style is kind of ugly and people hate it but Portland's really perfected it. And without Guzman as their enforcer, that really does kill their entire game plan. They need to disrupt the other team. And when you let a team like Columbus, with all the power they have in the midfield and feeding Kamara, you let them run without that disruption, and they can pick apart almost anybody in the league. I think it was a, I think it was a bad combination all the way around that led to, Port, led to that from Portland. And Columbus looked really good because they were able to capitalize on all the possession they did have. Yeah, it was it was a great game to to watch, and uh, I hope. I mean, I, we're going to have more from these teams coming forward. So internationals are always just just make for weird games. That's all I have, guys, for questions. With a review for around four, do you have any other fantasy takeaways you would like to share before we move on? Speak now, forever hold peace. All right, moving on to our housekeeping section. Uh, guys, important notice that uh, this was not in some of the charts originally. This is a bye week, uh, a tiny bye week. Uh, Dallas and Colorado will not be playing due to the success in CCL of Dallas. Congrats, Phil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that game is next Tuesday. Is that right? No, it's a this whole Tuesday. week after that because oh, – okay. um, what Dallas is doing is they're going to actually fly to Pachuca on Wednesday and spend the entire week there getting used to the elevation because Pachuca is mm-hmm. 8,800 feet up. So uh, they're going to acclimate to the altitude and then play the following Tuesday. There we go. I knew it was a Tuesday. Yeah. So, but what that means for you fantasy-wise, uh, no Dallas, no Colorado, so no none of that defense. Might not have been the best time to go with the Colorado defense, but that game has been postponed. Uh, there are still some international call-up issues that people have seen questions about. Uh, there are some games still yet to be played. Do any of you guys think that there's a chance some of the internationals are going to make it back? Or or who particularly do you think is potentially not going to play this weekend that got called up? Anybody? I think uh, Rusnak from RSL should be good to go. I think he only played like five or six minutes. Um, and he, yeah, he got subbed in, I think, like the 86-minute um, the only issue is obviously he's flying from Europe, um, but I really don't see that you know affecting his playtime. Um, you know, to, I think that the big ones are Ladero, Dempsey, Josie, and Bradley. They play tomorrow night, so Tuesday night. So really watch their minutes, see you know, see them you know how they play. Obviously, injury is going to play a big part. Hopefully, nobody gets injured. Um, early, um, uh, Kyoto. He's possibly still injured, right? Yes. Yeah. For Honduras, yeah. He's going to be out four to six weeks, something like that. Well, I know we'll be doing the injury report here a little bit, and then uh, mm-hmm. Martinez as well with the injury. So I don't really know. Other than that, I really don't. Oh, I think uh, uh, Simon from Montreal also got banged up, so I don't think he'll be playing either. But other than that, I don't really know about anybody other big names. I think you were right. Phil and I were talking a little before the show started and i think dempsey is one that that could be uh on the radar as maybe maybe not or maybe only putting in a 45 or just a 30 if he does go another 90 with this which i would expect him probably to do uh ladero is that question mark i don't recall if he played already or if he did play it was just he, like six or eight minutes something small 
He didn't play. I just looked it up. Okay. Yeah. So he, he may be fine. I, I don't think if, if you're not playing and you're just traveling, I, I would hope that means you're still in a feature for your team. I think a lot of the guys who did play will probably be back in the lineup, uh, barring injuries, of course. Quick plug, uh, the Patreon is still available if anyone wants to help support the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. We're so grateful to all those people who have chosen to support and hope you're having fun in the Patreon head-to-head league exclusive this year. We use that money to help support the podcast directly. It helps to cover our hosting fees. It helps to cover the uh, prizes that we order and uh, with hope to help expand that offering in the future. So everything that we get, we put right back into the show to help make it better and with hope more entertaining for you all and if you want to check that out it is patreon.com slash m-l-s-f-i p-a-t-r-e-o-n so thanks if you have and if you haven't that's okay too i still love you but jason doesn't (laughs) but i love you if you donate forever and ever and ever and the injury report time here it is uh courtesy of mls injury news uh, though brought to you by me, Reed, because uh, our first injury, as I mentioned before, is Mr. Michael Denton, who is out maybe with a little bit of, of food poisoning. He's got a little bit of a fever, so he's gone for mm, at least a week. Uh, no timetable given, though, for Michael Denton. As far as the real injuries go, uh, Morris is still day-to-day uh, with his ankle injury, but it looks like he's not going to be likely to play in the coming game. Uh, so with Columbus has an MRI today on his thigh, and there's been no update as of this recording. Kyoto has no official return prediction, though, as we mentioned, probably about four weeks. He dislocated his shoulder, but and Houston is skeptical of him coming back anytime soon. Uh, Legit, as all of us saw if we were watching the U.S. game, uh, fortunately, he has no significant damage to his ankle, but it's unsure if he'll play. I would imagine he'd at least get one more game to make sure that is going to be okay. Grella is out four to five weeks with a knee issue. Molino was stretchered off of his international match, but he got back up, and but then was subbed off. So it's kind of unclear. Big question mark on Molino. Just be careful with that. Uh, Martinez looked to have a pretty bad leg injury there, guys. It looked like a hamstring. Uh, depending on how bad it is, I would expect him to be out four weeks minimum, maybe up to six to eight, just depending on the severity. So watch. consider that with this upcoming game. Of Seattle and Atlanta. And then uh, Kuase, Kuase I, I think I butchered that. Uh, he was held out for precautionary reasons due to a foot injury, and that's over with uh, New England. So those are some of the newer injury reports. Some of the older ones, just to keep them on your mind, uh, Cole, Giovanni Dos Santos, Zardes should all be available this week, according uh, to the Galaxy. Then uh, Javinko did train with Toronto, and he is expected to play. So uh, some big names coming back into the lineup to keep an eye on. Uh, anything else you guys have to add to the injury report or want to modify? Plata, uh, I'm not too sure oh, if he's yes. going to be uh, good to go. Just because I know a lot of people like to load up against Minnesota. Um, keep an eye on that. Uh, you can always follow uh, Chris Camrani on on uh, Twitter um, or, like I said, or, you know, uh, MLS Injury News and uh, see what's up with that. But I, uh, I mean, I'd assume that Plata would be okay this week, um, barring any setbacks. He was supposed to be cleared for this week, uh, Red Bulls, but that obviously didn't happen. Um, so just keep an eye on that. And uh, Glad as well. I think Glad um, may be back this weekend as well. Excellent. Yes, that was one I, I know people were hoping for. This last game did not happen. All right. That is the injury report via email from Michael Denton. Thank you so much, and get better soon, bud. Now let's move on to our round five preview. Kicking it off, we have Toronto versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I, I did not mention before, uh, these games do start on March 31st. That is a Friday, so it's a Friday kickoff a little bit earlier than usual. 7.30 is the time. Blaine, what do you expect out of this game? Uh, a lot of defense uh, right off. Um, Kansas City's had a history of shutting down Giovinco. Even on the road, I think they can do it. The team looks poised and ready to go. That being said, I expect either Josie or Giovinco to get a goal at some point. I'm going to predict 1-0 to Toronto on this one. I don't think Kansas City's offense is quite ready to go in there and break down more and more together. So I wouldn't be looking for too many attacking players here, but I'm definitely looking at defense from Toronto this week. 
Well, I think the follow-up question that that begs to ask is, which keeper do you expect for Toronto? Well, it's the first game of the week, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, see that lineup and go with it. Fun. <laughs> Whoever I guess is going to be wrong, so let's go Bono just to make it a more expensive keeper. All right, so are Josie and Gio your only fantasy standouts, or do you have anybody else you want to tap? Um, uh, more and more are the two I'm looking at most. I'm looking more defense. I don't know that a single goal this week from an attacking player is really worth calling them a standout. I just, I'm not expecting too many goals from Toronto. Fair enough. Anybody else want to add to that? Okay, well, Phil, I, I plugged it just a second ago. Seattle versus Atlanta. How do you think this is going to play out? Well, it's uh, kind of an interesting matchup, really, because there's some uh, questionable superstar superstars that are questionable for each team. Uh, on Seattle, uh, Dempsey, if he plays another full 90, then it's uh, I'm not sure he can go a full 90 on the weekend uh, since he's uh, actually played, what, three straight games now uh, in the month yeah. of March. But those were his first three competitive games in quite a few months. So I'm not really sure about him. And uh, Morris, uh, he's still a day from what I hear. And uh, so he's definitely a question mark as well. I think uh, Ladero is still a go-to person here. Uh, he's at home. Uh, I think he uh, can be expected to get a goal or an assist. Uh, I don't really. I wouldn't really go with either defense necessarily, uh, since they both have some uh, good offenses. Uh, another player I would recommend would be uh, in a switcheroo. I'd go with Gressel on Atlanta United since he's 4.5, and if this is the second earliest game, so put him as your first slot of your switcheroo, and then go with somebody in a later game for your second slot. And uh, Martinez for Atlanta, he had, you know two points so far. He's been awesome, but he's going to be out for you know, four weeks or something like that probably. Uh, so then uh, the other forwards that they have are Vialba at nine point six, and Kenwin Jones is nine point. So that's not really a good. I don't think that's, that's a good price for either of them really, since for a buck more, uh, or for nothing more, you can get Adi, or for a dollar more, you can get Via or Ola Kamara or Kai Kamara. Lots of other forwards for just a little bit more so wouldn't really go with an Atlanta forward necessarily but uh, I'd try uh, Gressel in a switcheroo oh uh, Almiron I just looked him up too since he plays for Paraguay and he went the full 90 this weekend um, so I don't know if he's going to play again in midweek but if you're considering Almiron I'd definitely check out Paraguay's lineup so any love for Assad then I mean if Almiron's gone Martinez is gone uh, I mean, it is Atlanta just a toss-up team this week? Nothing, nothing special. Another thing to consider is that Atlanta's flying from the East Coast to the West Coast. That's uh, the worst uh, bit of travel you can do in MLS because it's a much later game then. Uh, so, and then they're also playing an artificial turf. So, several factors working against Atlanta in this one. So, this could put a halt to their run. I think so. I tip the Sounders to win this one. All right. Anybody else? All right, Blaine, tell us about New York City and San Jose. Uh, this should be a really fun matchup. Um, I think San Jose came in really hot. I think their defense kind of struggled a little bit in Kansas City. And if they can get back to early form, uh, they can do a lot of work in New York City, especially on that small pitch with the lineup they have. But it is still Morales and Villa in, in Yankee Stadium. I mean, Morales, I think, is, could have a good game here. It's really hard to bet against Villa in Yankee Stadium. I know this is more Mike's area, and he could give you better coverage on this one. But I expect this to be an exciting game. I'm kind of predicting a 3-2 New York City. I just think this one's going to open up quite a bit. Um, as far as fantasy players that I'm considering from this one, Got to go with Villa. Um, I don't think Morales makes a cut this week. I think there's some better matchups. But I've definitely got my eye on Anibal Godoy. He's he's the enforcer back there. He's always disrupting. He's been getting good points without the goals. And you just add those two goals for some extra bonus. And Yankee Stadium's a place where he get a third goal this season. So I'm those are the two I'm looking at. Two follow-up questions for you and anybody else who wants to chime in. Uh, Doy, we I was going to ask about him anyway. Two goals, one assist. So if you if you 
expect do you expect that to continue if he's not getting those goals or assists do you still like his point generation i think godoy has five goals in his mls career and two of those are this season so <laughs> i am not expecting the goals to continue um i do think his assist out is there there's there's definitely potential for it but i'm trying to find um uh, finding his stats he's got 35 his points on the season numbers. Yeah, he's got 35 points on the season as in third place. But you take off those two goals, drop him down to 25. That still puts him as basically a top 10 player, not just midfielder, without his unexpected goals. He would be the number three uh, midfielder without the two goals. Number four, sorry. That's fair. Uh, and then... There was a name that I thought was absent from your list. I think people would want to know more about uh, Wallace, Rodney Wallace. Yes, I was just going to bring that up. So that that's one of the big blind spots this year. I have completely overlooked him, and I'm glad you point that out because I'm still overlooking him. <laughs> I try. Yeah. Right. Jason, do you want to talk about this? Yeah, I was going to talk. I mean, I was going to bring up actually two players. So first one on offense, Wallace. Um First game, two points, and he's had posted back-to-back 11s. Um, he has been uh, in a great run of form. Him and David Villa are connecting extremely well. Uh, they're playing off each other well. Um, the game before, I think Wallace and David Villa should have had uh, at least another goal to their name. Um, and for 7.9, I really don't think you can go wrong, um, especially when uh, the last two home games – DC and Montreal, Wallace put up an 11 spot on both games. Um, I think for you know a sub $8 midfielder, um, points per game and the risk uh, versus reward is there, and it's a good one. Second off, um, I like Callens in defense. So I was thinking a lot about uh, clean sheets this week, and I actually like uh, excuse me. Like New York City um, for possible clean sheet potential this week. I don't think that San Jose has the offensive firepower to keep up with uh, New York. Um, Wando being called up, um, I think that's going to hamper San Jose. Other than Wando, they don't really have many goal scores. Yeah, Godoy's a great pick too, um, but I just think that you know for you know I mean Alexander Callens has a. Four eleven and four, so I don't know. I like Callens as a possible switcheroo, or even picking some of the uh, NYCFC defenders. Very nice. Well, a lot of good information there. Phil, Columbus, and Orlando. Goals. Goal. Oh, Lee did skip one. Do you want to go to me or not? Oh, uh, just keep going. We'll go back to it. Okay, Columbus, Orlando, this is a goal fest. Goals, goals, goals. This is going to be 3-2 to two Columbus. Uh, Columbus at home, uh, so I give them the, the edge, as well as they're leading the league right now in expected goals. And uh, so in four games, they have 8.33 expected goals for, actual goals for. So slightly above Portland and expected goals, even though they haven't actually scored as many goals as Portland. Anyway, that just shows that they have some untapped potential there. Uh, Merrim is their standout player with uh, an expected goal so far. Um, so I have him in my lineup. Uh, Higuain, another acceptable option. And then Ola Kamara has just been awesome again this year. Uh, the, the revelation since the summer of last year. Uh, so I don't think you, you can not have him on your team this week. So uh, if you're looking for Orlando, of course, you've got Laren, but I'm just not as impressed with uh, the options from Orlando. Not a fan of Rivas or MPG? Filling in for Koslot? Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure where the goal's going to come from, so I go with the, the players that are more of a sure thing. But I think they'll get a goal or two. Fair enough. Uh, sorry, Blaine. I, I just needed to get some more fill in my life. But let's jump back one game. Let's talk about Chicago and Montreal. Uh, I expect this one to be kind of end-to-end. I know Montreal is known as the counterattacking team, and Chicago's got enough runners uh, out there. This one should be wide open. I think you got a chance for a lot of goals here. 
You've got some clinical players on both sides. I know we've only started to see what Chicago can do, and we definitely know what Montreal can do. Um, don't ha- really have an expected score line. I want to say 2-2. Just I think Montreal is the better team playing in Chicago. I think Chicago is going to do a little bit more. Um, so you think they bounce back from that disappointing loss last 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 week? Oh yeah, of course. Oh okay. I mean, um, it, it's Chicago. I picked them to make playoffs this year early. Um, I'll stand by that. Um, I don't think Montreal's quite as good on the defensive side as uh, some people would. I had their defense a lot higher rated early on, but I've definitely dropped off that. And if Simon is really injured, that's just another blow for them. So, yeah, Chicago should have a shot at this one. Um, the big names I'm picking out for this one are Biotti and Akam. I really think those two are going to work best in the space. But uh, Nikolic and Alvarez are other ones I would be looking at. I just I don't know where Montreal's second would come from, and I don't know if you can grab somebody like Aduro or Mancosu this week, given the other matchups. And that's about all I've got on this one. Well, I'm going to have each one of you guys answer this one question real quick before we move on. There is a name that is going to be new to Chicago, and I want to get your thoughts on what you think of that transfer, Blaine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's really hard to say. Um, I really like what McCarty and Janino are doing and the way the rest of the team has been forming around those two. I don't know if adding a big name like Schweinsteiger is going to help the team in the long run. Jason? Uh, I was, you know, big fan of him um, years ago. Uh, but I think that MLS has really tried to get away from the aging veterans uh, with the names, uh, big names, just to bring attention to the league. I really feel like they got away from that this year, and I really think this is a step back, um, unfortunately. Um, I think that, you know, he'll be decent. Um, I don't know how much gas he has left in the tank, but I I really don't know if he'll be able to um, cope with the uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know the uh, the not the strength, but the uh, the rigor. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, the rigor of MLS, the the tenacity of the players. I mean, it's a very physical. The physicality is what I'm looking for. Thank you. Oh. Uh, the the physicality of MLS. I don't know if he'll be able to like cope with that. Um, and then injury. I mean, I think he's isn't he like thirty? He's thirty five plus. He's like thirty six, something like that. He's he's a pretty you know he's an older he's, guy. He's thirty two. Oh, he's thirty two. Okay, well, <laughs> least, you, you can yeah. stop right there. It's okay. I'm almost 32, so I can't say he's an old man. Um, but but either way, I mean he's I mean he was a good player. I, I personally don't think that they need to bring him in, um, especially what they have, like, like uh, Blaine said. But yeah, it is what it is. Phil, different thoughts. The hate has gone too far. Uh, sure, he's not the number ten that Chicago really needs, but can anyone argue that he's not an improvement over Delu? <laughs> So I, I marginally like the move. I mean, that's not the player I would have picked to be the perfect fit for Chicago, but definitely an upgrade, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play in the league. I think he's still got something to prove. I, yeah, I'm optimistic, uh, like, like you are, Phil. I, I, I agree, not really the, the kind of trade that we've been seeing this year. I, I'm a big fan of youth, especially what Atlanta's done with their program, but I I mean, he's got so much skill and so much experience and just so much leadership quality. I, I can't say it's an awful move. I don't know if he'll be that number 10 like some want. Uh, maybe they won't even have a number 10. and just They'll just play three defensive mids, like a 4-3-3 or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what dynamic he throws to the Chicago team because, uh, like you said, Blaine, I, I like their chances still, even with this loss, last time uh, to make the playoffs. And so I, I, I'm willing to see. Don't think I'll touch him with fantasy anytime soon. It, it has to prove himself as far as that's going to go, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting going forward. If you have the uh, chance to read the article on MLSsoccer.com about uh, the one titled How the Chicago Fire Embraced Passive Futility to Land Bastion Schweinsteiger, because it talks about how 
uh, Chicago Fire uh, general manager Nelson Rodriguez convinced him to come and play because they had been so bad in the past, and he has a chance to lead them to future glory and, and to really prove himself one last time in his career. And that's why he was convinced to go to Chicago. Wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Check it out. MLSsoccer.com. Yes. Jason, talk to us about DC and Philadelphia. I, I want to hear your take on this game because I saw one of your team drafts and, and you've got some explaining to do. Yes, I do. Um, I'm, and I, I knew this is exactly why you picked me for this um, segment. <laughs> so DC United, dumpster fire on offense, haven't scored a goal all season. Granted, Mullins and Acosta have been injured. Acosta uh, came back, um, not this last game week, but the game week before. But I am huge on Philadelphia this week for a sheet. Yes, they are away, but it's literally, what, like a two-hour drive. So technically, it's really not that far away. But I I think that the uh, Philadelphia defense is going to um, farewell against the uh, the DCU wingers. Um, I mean, you have Rosenberry and Fabinho, uh, you know, versus um, you know Sam and um, I believe it's uh, well Costa plays up top. But um, you know, I, I think that the that the that the outside backs versus the wings are going to be great. I think that um, DC really. Do, I mean, they, they don't really have an attacking threat besides Acosta, so um, I don't really foresee DC scoring uh, this week at all. Um, I think that Sapong is a good pick offensively. Um, if you're looking for, you know, somebody from Philadelphia, um, I personally have Blake, uh, Gooch, Rosenberry, and Fabinho. So I have, I'm, I'm just loading up in the back with, uh, uh, with Philly, but um, I, I really like, um, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Medunjanin. Um, Philly's 8.0 and has 19 points on the season, 7.75. He's been on some set pieces this year, so I think he's a great shout. I also really like um, Derek Jones is a 4.5 switcheroo. He's got 12 points on the season uh, playing uh, holding mid, so there's some good options for you. And then you know there's Sapong at 7.6 million uh, with 16 points on the season. Um, he's First game, one point. Uh, second and third games, uh, seven and eight points respectively. So um, I like Philadelphia to win this game 2-0. Uh, and I definitely think you should look into getting some Philly defense. Okay. Anybody want to respond to that? No? Phil? No. Blaine? No, he, you like I'm, it? I'm, I'm looking at my defense and trying to figure out how I can get another guy in it. Bam! Bam! <laughs> I think you guys are all crazy. I I don't see DC going a fourth game without a goal. I don't see it. Who's going to score? I think they got Acosta back, and it's it's going to come. I just don't think that it's going. I just don't think they're going to go four games without a goal. I just can't see it. But that's all I got. I don't got anything else to support that. I just I just can't see that happening. They they had chances against Columbus, and I I think they're going to make some of those come through. Patty Mullins is out, right? So Ortiz starts. We still got yes. Sam. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure who's going to start in that slot necessarily. But I mean, you've got Sam. Sam's got some quality he had in the past. But I mean, you still have Acosta. He he's back. He's probably going to try to go a full ninety this time. And I, I just I just can't see that happening for a fourth game in a row. I can. We'll come back next week, and then you all can blast me whatever you want to. I just. I just can't see that happening <laughs> for a fourth time in a, row, in a row. Okay. Moving on. Jason, keep talking. Tell us about Minnesota and RSL. I think a lot of people are looking at RSL as the away team they like this week. Definitely. Well, first, let's uh, let's go over Minnesota. Um, Ramirez, a.k.a. Superman, 7.9. 20 points on the season. Not bad at all. Um, he, uh, you know, 2, 5, and a 7, so pretty good. Playing at home against an RSL defense um, that has had, you know, it's a fair share of injuries, and uh, you know, it's been the it's been the Salt Lake Shuffle this year. So, um, you know, I I do like Ramirez this week at point nine. I think there are better options for a little bit better price point. Um, Molino is on international duty, and from what you said earlier, he did get stretchered off and subbed out. Correct? 
Yeah, off, hopped back up, then subbed off. So he's a big question mark right now. Okay, and then really other than that, um, I know uh, Vanegas is also on international duty. Um, I don't really see a lot of midfield potential for um, for Minnesota, but then again, last week we didn't either. Um, and then defensively, I really think that, you know, again, Minnesota, um, unfortunately, is a dumpster fire. Um, they just, they, they're just not gelling at all. So uh, I really don't like anybody on Minnesota except for possibly Superman up top if you decide to go with the cheaper forward. Um, now, let's go to ourselves defense. They've actually done very well, a lot better than I've thought that they would. Um, Wingard at 4.4 is a pretty good option for a possible switcheroo. Um, I know Beltran had a back injury that was disclosed on game day, literally uh, like a couple hours before the first lineups came out. Um, but then again, I don't really know who's going to be playing in the back line this week, just because it's been so it's it's been shuffled so much. I hear rumors that Glad could possibly be good to go, <clears throat> but again, I said I don't know. Um, uh, Rusnak 9.0. He should be good to play. I think that if you're going to get anybody from RSL, um, Rusnak is is the man to get. Um, had an assist last week, or I'm sorry, the week before uh, when he played to Yura. And uh, I think that his attacking potential this week is going to be great. He will be on all set pieces again. Um, we will be getting Beckerman back. So um, that, that will definitely help the offense out. And then forward-wise, um, Brooks Lennon and Sacedo for their price. Um, you know, if you're only looking at playing two forwards up top, you can do possibly have a switcheroo with one of them. Uh, you're at 7.3, I think, is a great option this week, especially if Plata comes back. Um, I think if Plata comes back, I think him and Rusnak are the two that you get. Uh, if Plata does not um, play this week, I think um, you have to go with uh, Yura and Rusnak. Very comprehensive. Do you add a plot to your team hoping he'll come back, or do you just wait one more week and see? I, I mean, I would still hold off at least until until Friday. Um, and then, like I said, other check out uh, Chris Camerani or, or, or follow me on Twitter because um, I'll be definitely talking to him if he does um, come back. And also MLS injury news. Um, I think that, <clears throat> you know, you maybe fill, him in, uh, fill in a you know a 9.0 player or make a couple drafts and have Plata and Roos snack in it. Um, but I definitely, if Plata comes back, I think you have to, he has to, you have to put him in your lineup. Sure. All right, Phil, Houston versus the Red Bulls. Well, I think there's some goals in this one. Uh, Houston will be missing Kyoto. I think he's out probably four to six weeks, something like that. But they can replace him with Minotas. Um, you know, Minotas was one of the standout players of the second half last year. And he's been uh, riding the pine under Wilmer Cabrera. So this could be his chance to really prove something to his coach and try to regain last season's form. So uh, Minotas is 7.5 as a forward. Could be a decent option, but it's kind of a roll of the dice. Um, I usually tend to go with the more, uh, you know, p- players that you know will be productive, but uh, that could be a good differential right there. Uh, uh, Defense, uh, I'm not really sure I'd go with either of these defenses since they both have some uh, some good goal-scoring type players. Uh, the Red Bulls will be getting Kleshton back. Um, now, they're still probably playing that 4-2-2-2, so Kleshton's just not really been up to his uh, superstar form this year. Just kind of disappointing since he's one of my favorite players. Um, Royer at 7.5 uh, has been a player I've seen on basically Everybody's lineup or a lot of people's lineups that I've been checking out, but going away to Houston, maybe uh, not as uh, guaranteed of a pick there. Um, BWP always popular, but I think there's better options this week. So uh, I'm not really sure who to get on either team. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Alex for 7.7 from Houston. Yeah, Alex is a pretty good option. Yeah, Houston, I've I've enjoyed what I've seen from Houston. I'm kind of waiting for Houston versus Minnesota to really see uh, that go off. But uh, yeah, their defense has been kind of packed in the back, a packed midfield, packed defense, and using that speed that they have. So it, I, I agree. I haven't quite figured this one out myself yet as to uh, who is going to get into my team if someone gets into my team. 
but uh, Alex or Torres or some of those guys definitely on my list. And I still just got a big question mark over New York and and when I'm going to start trusting them again. So may need to have some heart to hearts with the with Tim and at soccer captains with that before I go with them again. Yeah, I have a joke with my buddy Ziga. He says uh, uh, when the Red Bulls aren't scoring, he says just wait till they switch to the four two three one and then they'll get a goal. And uh, <laughs> And this week it didn't work because I told him, well, it's not going to work this week because question's out. But it did work two weeks ago. They switched to the four-two-three-one, and immediately they score a goal. So that was pretty funny. I like it. I like it. Blaine, uh, Vancouver, L.A. Oh, you gave me this one, and I didn't know what to think on this one. I keep thinking this could end 2 2 3 3 or it could end nil-nil and be one of the most boring games of the season. Um, I have not heard if Giovanni Dos Santos is going to be back yet. Um, I'm assuming he's not. So I really do not like this matchup this week either way. I think it's going to be a fairly boring game. Um, and I really don't think there's going to be any real fantasy standouts to be found here. I think the other games this week that we've talked about will produce much better fantasy scores. Fair enough. Anybody disagree? Uh, well, my, one of my favorite players this year is Alfonso Davies, 4.4 uh, yeah. in the back, and plays as a winger sometimes for Vancouver. So that's uh, a, that's a player I always like to have in my lineup. I always try to fit him in somehow. Just as a little backup right there. No one, no no love for Alessandrini. No, he uh, he's really <laughs> struggled. Uh, he's struggled to find form without uh, Giovanni Dos Santos and. It seems like he's trying to do too much. Uh, I remember watching him against uh, RSL a few weeks ago, and it looked like he had put the whole world on his shoulders and was trying to do it all. And uh, he, he was just taking like one or two too many dribbles, and then he'd get dispossessed. So I think uh, he's a weight. And especially looking at uh, not having Lejet either for this one. So it could be uh, just too much to bear. All right, and our final game... And we're going to let you talk about this one, Phil. Portland versus New England. Well, Portland has been one of the top couple teams in the league this year. Um, they are leading the league in goals, uh, right? Like uh, goals for, yeah. Yep, they have 12 and Atlanta has 10. A couple more than Atlanta. So, I mean, you got to have a couple of these offensive players from Portland. Uh, Valeri and Adi, I think, must-haves. I mean, Valeri is the guy that you find a reason to not have him in your team instead of finding a reason to put him in your team. He's just an automatic uh, pick for me every week at this point. Uh, so I have those two guys. Um, New England, uh, when they're going from the East Coast to the West Coast and playing on, well, they already play on a plastic pitch too, but playing <laughs> on artificial turf, uh, <laughs> that's something I always look at is the the field and the and the travel. Uh, it's pr- pretty bad on both counts. So uh, I would stay away from New England at this point. Great. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Anything else that any of you would like to add about any of the games before we move on? All right. Well, thank you again for giving us your input. I hope everyone found this interesting to the breakdowns for the games. Uh, but now it's time for our player picks. So Jason's kicks off with who is your keeper or keeper's pick tips for this round i'm like i said before i'm i'm all in on philly uh i'm going with blake as my keeper and my backup i'm actually going with diop um another 4.0 option that i think will end in a clean sheet this week um i know diop has been getting the uh the the nod so i'm hoping that as another 4.0 keeper um could uh net me some good money this week all right phil Diop being LA's choice, of course. Uh, I forgot about that one. He's been getting the starts over Rowe. But uh, actually, uh, Onolfo said that it's a full competition. So, uh, I mean, have have Diop as your backup and not, like, your only goalkeeper. Oh, sure. That's what I mean with Blake and Diop. Like like how Cropper would be a backup typically. But I don't – I I feel like Cropper's going to lose money this week. Versus Portland, so yeah, absolutely right. Okay, yeah. So Diop is good as your second keeper, not your first keeper. Correct. Uh, as my first keeper right now, I have Bava from Chicago. I kind of disagree a little bit with uh, Blaine's take that uh, there's going to be 
goals in Chicago versus Montreal. Uh, Montreal has been very poor on offense here. They're currently bottom of the league in expected goals for. So unless Piatti turns it on, they are actually struggling on offense. So maybe look at Bob from Chicago at home. I like that differential. Blaine. Yeah, I'm going to go with whichever Toronto keeper starts. Like <laughs> as much as I, I mean, as much as I hate it to pick against my own team, but I just I don't think Kansas City's quite got the attack together yet, and I think on the Kansas City on the road is just going to struggle, and Toronto's got what I consider the best bet for a clean sheet this week. All right, fair enough. Well, who are you looking at for defense then? Well, I more and more are topping my list. At their price, it's going to be so tough to try to include them. Um, I like Madranda and Davies as the out-of-position defenders this year. Uh, Madranda hasn't done too terribly bad on the offensive production, but I just don't think he's there. And then I like Jason's pick. I completely overlooked him in the New York City game, but Callens has been doing really well for New York City. Phil? Well, uh, I just talked about Chicago a little bit, so uh, if you want to pick up a Chicago defender, I'd go with uh, Vince 4.9. I'm always looking for the the cheaper defender so I can stock up on my front six seven. Uh, Watch out if you're looking at Chicago's defenders. Harrington is listed at 4.5, and he has 13 points, but he has now lost his spot because Jonathan Campbell is back and healthy. So don't go with the very cheapest defender on Chicago. Go with Vincent instead. And then if you're looking at that Philly-DC matchup, uh, I know Jason's going to talk all about the the Philly defenders, but if you think that Philly on the road uh, might struggle on offense, then maybe go with uh, Franklin from DC. He's 5.4 and currently has 12 points. Jason, you just just filled up? Um, Yeah, well, real quick, I just uh, don't know if you mentioned this, but Kappelhoff had a red card. Um, the week before, so he will not be in. So be wary of that of um, Chicago's defense, just because Kapelhoff has been kind of a staple for Chicago uh, and as a center back. So um, not sure who would replace him. So just be wary of that um, kind of an FYI. But defensively, I like I said before, I'm going with Gooch at 4.5, Rosenberry in Fabinho at 4.9. With a uh, Callens 4.7 from New York City FC. Um, this year, I just feel that it's kind of boom or bust on the defense. Go big or go home. Um, I know people are into the whole diversifying their back line. And hey, that's great. If you want to try to spread out the love and try to clean sheet from, you know, three, four different teams, and, you know, best of luck. That's your, you know, in my opinion, it's harder to gauge clean sheets from three or four different teams instead of putting all your eggs in one basket on the flip side of the coin, if they score on your defense, now you essentially have a dud of a defense unless like last week proved tyranny scoring goals, racking up BPs. But with that being said, I just got a gut feeling about Philly. So either I'm going to look like a mad genius or a total idiot, probably going to be a total idiot, but Hey, whatever. Phil, who'd you like in the midfield? Okay, well, I, I'm the kind of guy that just goes with the tried and true players and uh, and goes with the cheapest defenders so I can get the best midfielders. So uh, I got Valeri. I think he's uh, just the the guy that you just pick every week and don't even look at his matchup. Hardly. Uh, I've got Miram uh, because Columbus is at home to Orlando, which is a, one of the more poor defenses in the league. And uh, Ladero on the Sounders. Um, they are at home to Atlanta, kind of a depleted Atlanta, and a, an Atlanta team that has to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast and play on turf. So those are my picks. And then I've got Gressel and a switcheroo right now. Yeah, I have um, Valeri as well. I also have Alex from Houston. Uh, takes a lot of the set pieces, has been involved in uh, pretty much almost every attacking play that Houston has. Um, I also have um, Iguain. I just think that... <clears throat> Kind of the same reason as Maram, uh, especially last week. I think that Iguain was just, um, you know, in a great run of form too. So um, I also have Wallace from New York City FC, and I have um, was it Paul Mikel from Dallas? 
um, considering Dallas is on a buy this week. Uh, 3.9 switcheroo is a great idea for midfield. Blaine. Yeah, I think uh, Valeri and Resnack are really leading my team this week for the midfield. The rest of them behind it kind of all a toss-up. I mean, I like Alex and Godoy at their price. Uh, Wallace is now is in there now that you guys have convinced me to keep him on my list, and I'm just probably going to write his name in every lineup I've got until I remember he's a player. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Uh, Miram and Piatti are both kind of on the fringes. Iguain could be in there, too. I think there's some guys with a lot of potential if you get the right matchups. But with go, with looking at a little bit uh, uh, more expensive defense this week, I'm really having to make some sacrifices somewhere, and I think midfield might get a little bit of it in favor of a couple of these uh, cheaper options that are putting up good points for their team. Interesting. Okay, when well, Blaine, wrap us up with forwards. Um, uh, Ola Kamara and... Uh, Yura are the two that I've got just slotted as must-haves. Um, Kamara has been on fire lately. Um, can't argue with the matchup against Orlando. And then, really, you got to go anybody playing against Minnesota. And if if Plotz is not back, I think that hurts the team as a whole. But there's still a lot of potential for goals, and Yura's still the focal point up there, as far as I can tell. Jason, you'll correct me if if I'm wrong, I know that much, but I like I just I, I you got to go with the premier front guy for the te- any team playing Minnesota. So that's Yara this week. Jason. Yeah. So this week, as of right now, I have um, Ola Kamara, Adi, and David Villa. Um, like I said, you know, and, and and like you just said, Blaine, it kind of it's kind of been the same story over and over. You know, you pick the offensive players playing against Minnesota. Um, and being obviously a massive RSL fan, we have not put up, we scored one goal <clears throat> this entire season. Um, that's one more than Dallas has scored, or I'm sorry, that's one more than DC has scored. And I, Hey, DC's watch it, a, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I think you guys only played like one game anyway. So, um, but, uh, as much as I love our son and I think you still have to go with, you know, with offensive players against Minnesota, I can really see RSL maybe putting up one goal this week. Um, so it, it just, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't have much faith in RSL's offense. They haven't proven anything to me. Yeah, Plata's been out. Um, Yura scored one goal on, on an unmarked header uh, from, from Rusnak. But I, I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, it really depends on if Plata's back. I think, like you said, if Plata comes back, I think that that's, that's the catalyst that makes RSL go. If Plata's not back, it's it may be difficult for me to, to pick anyone other than Rusnak. Phil? Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan, except for, <laughs> ex, except for the last three years when Javier Morales, El Capitan, <laughs> but no. I, I, I would consider myself a rational fan for sure. That, that has to go in our intro. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I wouldn't pick anybody unless Plata is back. That's your clip right there for for the Boom. intro. That's great. Uh, I mean, you said you're you're not uh, biased except for the last three years. Like, how long? Have you been- <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. I've been on the show for three years. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, guys, the way to pick your forward, you go to AmericanStockAnalysis.com. You look at the player expected goals chart. It's sorted by expected goals plus expected assists. Uh, top of the list, you've got Ola Kamara. Boom, he's in my team. Second, you've got Diego Valeri. He's in my team. Third, Fernando Adi. He's in my team. Fourth, Justin Mayer. He's in my team. Go through this list and pick out the top pl- six players that are at home, and that's your top six in your, your three midfielders, three forwards. Boom, you're done. Pick basically the same players every week, and you'll be one of the top 200 players in the league. You make it sound so easy, but you only gave me two forward picks, and you said three. Oh, Ola, Adi. The next forward on the list is Joseph Martinez. He's injured, and then David Villa. They're all, all the top three are all at home. That, that's a right. pick. All right, there you go. And yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Jason, captain. As of right now, it is David Villa. Blaine. Uh, I'm on the fence between Valeri and Ola Kamara. I don't think Valeri 
puts up another one-point dud again, but uh, Kamara against Orlando is very tempting. Phil? Yeah, it's between Valeria and Kamara. Ola Kamara. Uh, Ola Kamara at home against Orlando. That's who I have it on right now. But, uh, you know, the Orlando defense, I, I said they were quite poor, but really, you look at the stats, they're doing really well this year. So uh, that's a big change from last year. I, I just kind of had last year's mindset still in place. But so that's a little bit tricky. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, if you go with Valeri, they're playing at home against a New England team that's traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast, et cetera. So, I mean, Valeri is, seems like the sure pick. But uh, Ola Kamara, uh, if you want to try something. I mean, Ola Kamara has been really hot, so... All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for giving those picks. I hope it helps everyone going forward. Uh, before we wrap up the show, I'm going to go over our league recap. The r slash fantasy MLS top score this week was also the top score over round. It was uh, Ken Fletcher, my friend, actually here, uh, lives in, in Kentucky, bringing the, some recognition back to the Commonwealth. Uh, he is manager of Team Call of Duty, and he scored 115 massive points. So, congrats, man. Glad to see you representing, nice and glad work. to see I was wrong about people uh, breaking that 100-point mark this week. Uh, next, moving on to our Patreon head-to-head league. Uh, Matthew Lippman is still at the top of the leaderboards with a record of 3-0-0 uh, and 284 points, but it's his point total that is keeping him in that top spot. There are four other players who are right there on his heels that also have a 3-0-0 record, including myself, just behind him, uh, Mark Prinzmetal, Josh Lewis, and RJ Gage. So good job, Matthew, but we are right on your heels. Can you keep it up for one more round? And my favorite league of all, let him in, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. Uh, it was it was a great game between myself and Mr. Guy Sanchez this round. I got 81, he got 70, so I just scraped by him. Uh, Andrew Crawlard, so we had two Andrews this year, uh, beat out Mike Denton 90 to 91. Andrew had the highest score of any of us this round, so that was that was a good uh, victory for him. Travis took down Fantasy Football 24-7. Good job, Travis. All right. Yeah, suck it, England. Getting it done. Uh, 72 to 62, so a pretty nice victory for him. Uh, Jason, how did your game go? <laughs> really? It wasn't even a game. I even gave Weeby a heads up that I was playing him. He didn't even set a lineup. He had 17 points. So what everyone needs to do is everyone tweet a picture of a taco at Weeby because he is our taco this year so far. And then Uh, Uh, 17. Wow. Come on. Come on, man. Uh, Blaine, you took on the research bear. How'd that go for you? Uh, not well, considering he got 87 points. I think I had the fifth highest score in the league this week, and I ended up taking on one of the guys that was higher than me. The second highest, exactly. Yeah, Ben Ben did some work this week. Uh, it was a it was a great score there. Uh, Phil, how'd your game go? I lost to the freaking cat team. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, it was hey, just hey. just a, just a whisker, a whisker of a loss. It's true, but I can't stand cats. I'm a dog person. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> you're, you're never going to be invited to the show again, ever. That's ever. 73-75, it was a very close game. Uh, this isn't no, Cat Insider podcast, is it? That uh, No, no, it's not. Uh, MLS Feline Insider? No. Uh, <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> uh, and, uh, our friend Tim on the show last week took on Ivan from Fantasy Football first, and he also won 73-59. Yes! So, uh, Suck in England. A good, a good result for America this round. Uh, big times, big times. Uh, next round, we have Mike Denton taking on Blaine. We have Guy Sanchez taking on Jason. Ooh, that'll be fun. Some good trash talk coming in for that one. Uh, Andrew Crawler is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. And Simon and I are going head-to-head. Ben Bear is taking on Tim. Andrew Weeby is taking on Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football first. And Travis is taking on Phil. So some great games. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far this year. I hope everyone who's doing head-to-head leagues uh, is really getting a lot of fun out of that. That's my favorite. Nope. Single table for life. Ah, whatever. Whatever. Just <laughs> trash talk there. Uh, that's all that we have for the show today. Guys, do you have any plugs before we go on? Uh, Blaine? Uh, nothing for me today. All right. Jason? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at J. J-A-Y-M-L-S-F-I. Um, been doing the punts. A lot of great feedback. Um, you know, really appreciate all the love. Uh, obviously, last week, had a little bit of family stuff going on. But also, considering there were only six teams playing, um, you know, nine or ten out of the spring, XI, 
uh, we're well over 5% owned, so that's why there wasn't anything uh, posted. But this week will be good. I'll be signing off for two weeks. I will be enjoying some wine and some pasta. I'm doing a grand tour of Italy with my wife, my baby boy, and my mother-in-law. So I won't be here. These guys will take great care of you. And uh, I'm going to enjoy some uh, limoncello. It's going to be beautiful. Very nice. Phil, anything for you? Not really, uh, but I just noticed that I'm playing Travis next week. So that's the Texas Derby. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I'd like everyone to tweet him a picture of an orange being crushed. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you can check out all the writings and articles that Blaine and Jason put out over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, we already have some charts up there, and some other good articles will be coming up as we lead into this game. Uh, I will have an article up at uh, MLSsoccer.com with the fantasy picks, and you can also catch me periodically on uh, Sirius XM on the United States of Soccer with Jason Day. He's been doing some fantasy plugs there, but check out everything over at r slash fantasy MLS. If you do nothing else, there's lots of great tips and conversation that gets posted there. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Good luck.